you would to um, Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. And then sings my soul. Is that too high? It's too high for me. It might not be too high for you. Take me down a little bit. And then sings. Give me another one. See, we have to work this out all the time. Then sings my soul. There you go. I got it. My Savior God. Well, I want to hear your voices this morning. You hear mine all the time. Sing it. How great thou art. How great thou art. He is great, isn't he? Amen. Then sings my soul, my sing no music, just the voices. Come on. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great That sounded good. I liked it. Proverbs chapter 2. <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and warn you that I'm stuck right now. Did you, did you ever have the Lord to take you somewhere and then just stick you there for a little bit and say, now just be patient and, and hold on to your horses because I have a few things I want to say to you and I might not be able to do it quickly. So I, I'm not sure where we're going to go with this, but I, today my goal is to let the Word of God speak deeply into your spirit today. You know, you hear my opinions and my thoughts a lot. Naturally, being a preacher, uh, you get heard a lot. Sometimes we get heavy on what we hear from the preacher and we don't hear the Word of God quite enough. My goal today is that I want to show you what the Lord is trying to say to us from his word. Now, he has been driving this idea in my spirit to get knowledge, to obtain understanding, to let wisdom work in my life. Now, listen, let's define that right off the bat. <clears throat> knowledge is information. You don't have knowledge unless and until you have information. You have to have information. But then after knowledge, you have to have understanding. 
Now, the best way for me to say this is that understanding is when the light bulb goes off. It's what we sometimes refer to as an aha moment. You, you know what I'm talking about when I, when I say that? It's an aha moment. It's like when that light bulb goes off in your mind and you don't just have information, but you have understanding as well. But then once you get the knowledge and the understanding, we also must have wisdom. Now, wisdom is the anointing or the ability to take the knowledge and the understanding and make it work. And so this is what has to happen. We have to have knowledge, we have to have understanding, and we have to have wisdom. Now, somebody's phone's going off in here. I'm not sure who it is, but let's see if we can find it real quick and throw it down on the ground and stomp on it, if you would. I'm, I'm only kidding about that. If you, if you have somebody close by you and you think that, that it's coming from them, go ahead over there and help them. It won't hurt because I don't think that anybody's listening to me just yet, and I think I need you to do that. We got it? There you go. Amen. I had a brother several years ago in a church where I pastored. He was a great guy, but he, but he, he wore a hearing aid. And because, because he couldn't hear, he'd turn that thing up as loud as he could, and it would start whistling. And every now and then, somebody would have to go over and help him uh, get, get it done. Now, let's start over. Are you ready? Everybody with me now? Praise the Lord. You say, all right, you know that, hey, don't worry about it. Stuff like this happens, right? All right, let's start over. We, we have to start with knowledge. Knowledge is information. You got to have information or you can't do anything with it. Understanding then is that moment when the light bulb comes on. It's that aha moment when you say, you know what? Two plus two really is four. Isn't that amazing? And so it's that moment when the light bulb comes on, but then wisdom is that, that special ability to take the knowledge and the understanding and then make it work in a way that will work for us in the way that it was intended. And the Lord has really been speaking this into my spirit you know, I, I, I hear people all the time say, I need a word from the Lord. I need a word, I need a word, I need a word. Yeah, I understand that we need a word, but we already have plenty of words if we'll just pay attention to what this book has to say. I need a word. I'll pay thousands of dollars to go hear some preacher preach somewhere and get a word. Well, you could save yourself some money if you would just read the word for yourself and let the Holy Ghost illuminate it in you and show you what God is trying to say to you. I'm not opposed to you going and taking trips and going and hearing people say, uh, say words over us. But listen, this book is full of information and understanding and wisdom. And God has given us. Now, before I get started, go back to chapter 1 in Proverbs, if you will. Proverbs chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation for those of you who are wondering if I'm speaking uh, Babel today. I, I'm in a different translation than normal. 
Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline and to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, to do what is just, and to do what is fair. And these proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Now go back to chapter 2 if you will. We're going to read and I want you to do something with me today that I don't typically ask you to do. But I want, are we New Living Translation on the screens, John, up there? Are we good? I want you to turn your attention to the screen and I want you to read out loud with me the Word of God. Now, if you've got King James, it won't work. If you've got uh, ESV, it's not going to work. So look up here and read out loud with me. Now, I'm going to stop you from time to time and explain and preach a little bit, but you hang with me. Can you do that? Let's go. Verse 1, chapter 2. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. Okay, stop. Now, these first few verses explain to us what our responsibility is in gaining knowledge understanding and wisdom. Now, how many of you know that just because you're Pentecostal and just because you're spirit-filled doesn't mean that God just slaps you around, opens your mouth, and inserts wisdom and knowledge? It doesn't work that way. You have to actually apply yourself to learn the scriptures and to hear the word of the Lord. So what does it tell us? It says, first of all, we must learn to listen to what wisdom says and to treasure his commands. Now, how many of you know that there is power in hearing something? It's different from thinking something. When you think something, it's not necessarily a negative thing but because what you're thinking might be a positive thing. But by saying it, it allows it to be captured by your spirit. Your spirit tends to capture what your mouth says. And so he says, I want you to listen to the commands that I'm giving, the commands of wisdom. You need to be listening for wisdom so that you can identify it, capture it, and put it to use in your life. The Word of God says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of the Lord. Now, there are many ways that we can hear the commands of God. We can hear it like this morning morning as a preacher, as a pastor preaches and teaches the word of God. Sometimes you hear it from a spouse or a family member. Sometimes a friend will speak a word in your hearing that is exactly
exactly what you need to hear to move you towards understanding and knowledge. And so he says, you've got to listen to what I say and treasure my command. Think about that treasure. Do you have anything in your life that you really treasure? I mean, do you have anything that you just really hold dear? I've told you this. I don't. I, but I, you know, I've got a few little mementos of my parents. I, I, I've got a, I've got a harmonica that belongs to my dad. I've got a house key that was his that he bought for mom. I, I've, I've got some wind chimes out on the deck that that belong to my mom. They're precious to me. They wouldn't mean anything to you at all, but they are precious to me, and I treasured them. What God is saying here through Solomon is that we must treasure the commands of the Lord. So often we get upset with the commands of the Lord. That that rebellion in us says, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. No one is going to make me commit to anything. The scripture says the truth shall set you free and I'm going to sing free bird every day of my life as though it is my theme song. But listen, it, it just to be free doesn't mean that you're not also committed. It doesn't also mean that you treasure the things that God brings into your life. So we must treasure it. It it must be valuable to us. The wisdom of God must mean something special to us. And then he says in verse 2, he says, tune your ears to wisdom. I love that. That just jumped right off the page at me. How many of you in the room today ever had an old transistor radio? Can I see your hands? Can Can you understand with me the frustration of trying to tune in a radio? This, this younger generation, they don't, they don't have to do that. They just say, Siri, play me a song from XM Radio. And, and, and the phone just takes it from there. And that's all you got to do. I mean, you just say it. Spotify takes over. XM Radio takes over. Whatever music services you've got, you just say it. And they've got these little devices that you can use in your home right now. And then all you have to do is just say, Alexa... Will you play and then name the song? And Alexa gets it and says, I'm playing the last song on the tune. I'm Justin, or excuse me, would you, Alexa, would you play Justin Bieber for me? I hear that a lot around my house, you know, with two little grandbabies. Alexa, will you do? Alexa, will you give me the weather? Alexa, what's the news for today? All you got to do is say it, and Alexa just gives you whatever. That wasn't true in my day. We had those little little transistor radios and we'd carry them around in our pocket. And how many of you remember the frustration of being just almost in range, but almost out of range? And you'd take that, and again, you younger generation, you don't understand about this, but there used to be a little dial on the side of your radio and you'd take it and you, you'd, you'd go up and it would try to tune the station and you couldn't quite get there. And so you'd, you'd come back and you, you, you could almost, and then, then you'd, you'd go back and you'd try to get it right in the groove of tuning in the radio. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I still have one of those in my bedroom. I keep it around because I like the light that it gives off at night. And if I have to get up in the middle of the night, there's enough light in the room that I can get where I need to go without stepping on boomer. So so I like it. But the thing that I hate about it 
is I hate the fact that it's so old that you still have to tune in the radio stations. I hate that part of it. But now, that, that's what he's talking about. He's saying that there will be places and, and, and times in your life and seasons in your life where it all doesn't come together. It's, it's not quite all there. You, you think you know. You know the general area of where the wisdom's going to come from, but you haven't quite gotten there yet. He says, keep on tuning the radio. Don't give up. Don't turn it off. Don't throw it in the trash can. But you keep tuning your mind to the wisdom of the word of God. Tune your ears on wisdom. And then he says, concentrate on it. How many of you have got a mind like like a BB? Can I see your hand? You shoot a BB in the basement. I used to do that all the time. And it ricochets from here to there, from here to there, from here to to there. I actually had a friend that shot his eye out with a BB gun one time because he was doing that. But but ricochet here, there. there. Do you know anybody that they're like that? I mean, they're, they're up one day, they're down the next. They're in one day, they're out the next. They, they, they've got faith one day and the next day, they're so discouraged they can't even stand up straight. You know, it's just boom, 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 boom. He said, listen, if you want wisdom, you've got to tune in. And then once you tune in, concentrate on it. Fix your eyes on the things that wisdom would speak into your spirit. And then he says, cry out for insight and ask for understanding. He doesn't say, he doesn't say, excuse me, God. It's me again, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. How many of you old timers remember that song? It's me again, Lord. I got a prayer that needs an answer. It's me again. You remember it? Hey, listen. Stop going sheepishly to the throne of grace. That is not what the word of God tells us to do. It says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Let me tell you, there are going to be times in your life when you just have to say, Lord, I need wisdom. I can't figure this out by myself. If you don't help me, I'm not going to be able to figure it out. But God, I know you already told me that you'll give me the wisdom, the understanding, Understanding and the knowledge that I need. So, Lord, I am crying out to you. And I'm asking you for wisdom. He says, search for it like you would silver. Let me ask you a question. If I told you that there was $1,000 hidden in this church building, this house, this sanctuary, and the first person who could find it could have it. Man, you talk about people coming to the altar. Man, they'd be all over the place. We'd have these chairs upside down. We'd have people looking in the light trays. We'd be looking behind the trees. Why? Because the the man, Solomon, knows that we like money. We like silver. We like things of value. 
And he said, the same way that you would seek after that $1,000 bill, that silver, the same way that you would seek after that, you should have the same kind of desire to seek after wisdom and seek it like it is a hidden treasure. This last week, Debbie Whitehouse, she lost one of her rings and she put on Facebook, man, I think I lost a ring at church. And I, you know, all of you SLC people, if you, if, if you see it somehow, that's mine. It's very precious to me. I lost it. Praise God, her husband found it and called her up and said, it's here at home on one of the countertops. And that which was precious to her and lost became more precious to her when it was found. Amen. And he's saying, that's the way you should seek after wisdom. And then he says, then, say then, when you do these things, you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. Now, I need you to read with me again. Let's go to verse six. Read out loud with me. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Stop. Now we learned at first what my responsibilities are. I have to seek wisdom. I have to ask for wisdom. I have to listen to what the word says. I have to concentrate on it. I have to value that and treasure that in my life. That's my responsibility. God's not going to force me or make me do that. I have to do it if I want knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. But if I do that, then the writer says, for the Lord grants Wisdom. Look at your neighbor and said, the Lord wants you to be a smart person. He wants you to be smart. He wants you to have. I don't know why we act like God really doesn't want us to be blessed. We, we read all these books on being blessed, but we wonder whether or not God really wants us to be blessed. He, he, we wonder whether or not he really wants us to be free. Let me tell you. He's provided everything you need to be free. He's provided everything you need to be blessed. If you're not blessed, it's nobody's fault but your own. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to preach at you. But come on, you got to take some responsibility for opening the doors that will allow blessing to come into your life. I got a phone call this week. I won't call any names. But somebody called just to testify to me. They said, Pastor, I just wanted you to be aware that uh, I had a little bit of a test this week. It's been tough. It's been difficult. Business hasn't been very good. And wintertime, the way that it is, and, 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 and some responsibilities financially. Said, and the wife and I kind of got our heads together, and we kind of thought about it and talked it through, and we decided we weren't going to pay our tithe this week. That we just use the tithe to, to get us through. And we're faithful tithers. We've been tithing for years. We always tithe. But we're in one of those situations where it's like, well, don't guess we'll tithe this week. And we'll take that money to take care of these responsibilities. Decision was made. God, we're going to hold our tithe this week. 
and then we'll make it up somewhere down the road. And when this individual called me, said, when I got to church, I knew right then that I could not do that because I'm a tither. I trust God. The word says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse and test me and see if I will not pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. Now, before you think that I'm holier than anybody else, let me just tell you that, well, let me finish that story. Said, I paid my tithe and said, before the day was out, I got a job that met the need that we had. I just wanted to testify and let you know, look, I, I'd like to hear a few more phone calls like that. My wife and I have been trying to sell this house in Tennessee and, and we put money into it and money into it and money into it and money into it. And all I can say is thank God I had the money to put into it. But how many of you know that for everybody, there comes a time when you no longer have the money to put into it. You know what I'm saying? Say, well, if you'll, you know, if you'll upgrade the kitchen and put marble in there. And my response is, I ain't got no money. Well, if you'll do this, it'll rain. And my response, I ain't got no money. I ain't got no money. How many of you have ever been to an ain't got no money place? And then I got the news that Niagara Falls had relocated from New York to my driveway because of a water pipe that burst outside. My wife, who takes care of our checkbook, I looked at her and I said, what do you think? She said, ain't got no money. I said, uh, no money, no money. She said, would you rather eat or fix the pipe? I said, no, I'm going to eat. Whether the, fi- the pipe gets fixed or not. And we talk like everybody else talks. Well, what do we do? Well, we could, we could hold our tithe and pay for the pipe to be fixed. And we could pay it back when we get the time. She looked at me and I looked at her and we just both went, nah. We're tithers. We don't do that. And you know what? We have discovered That when we put God to the test, God never fails his people. And last night, the real estate guy called and he said, I got a contract. He said, I got an offer. What do you think? You know, do you want to take it? And I said, do I want to take it? Hallelujah. Now it ain't done yet, but I took it anyhow by faith. I said, Lord God Almighty, thank you because you always come through on behalf of your people. I have been young and now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. Lord, will you please help me to stop yelling? I promised myself I wasn't going to yell this year. I get so excited about God and what he's doing and what he's done. I just can't help it. He's good, amen. He's good, he's good, he's good. The Lord grants wisdom 
know, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that God says, well, I heard your cry and I'm taking that under consideration. I'll think about it and I'll get back to you in a few days. And if I can think, it's not, you know, it, I got to think about it too, because I'm not real sure about what we're going to do here. I am God, but I got to consider it. You know, I got to take everybody into it. No, God does not operate that way. He is the God that knows the beginning from the end. And he already knows the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that you need. And when you cry out for it, if I read my Bible right, it says the Lord grants wisdom. Come up here and get your wisdom now. Come on up here. I got it for you. Here it is. Here it is. It's found right here. All you got to do is come get your, your wisdom. It's like my dog when I get the bag that's got the treats in it. He knows uh, I'm not going to tease him with the treats. Uh, he's going to come and he's going to sit. He's going to lay down. I'm, treat, I'm trying to teach him how to lay dead over like a dead dog. And, and I've got him praying. He puts his paws up and put his head down between there. But he knows when the bag comes out uh, that the treat is on the way. Let me tell you something today. God is not going to withhold any good thing from his people. He grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Do you ever know anybody that everything that came out of their mouth was just pure stupidity? Did you ever know anybody like that? Don't look at anybody right now. Don't, don't, don't look to your right or to your left. Look straight ahead. I know I'm stupid. I don't need you to confirm that in me. Do you ever know anybody? Really, though, everything they said is just completely off. I mean, you just look at them like. Not God. Because the scripture says from his mouth comes wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So God says, every time you cry out to him, every time you ask him, every time you go to him, he said, here's the knowledge that you need. Here's the light bulb moment where it comes in and clicks in your mind. And here's the anointing that I will provide you so that you can use the understanding and the knowledge to help yourself in this situation and to help everyone around you. Amen. Amen. Man, that's good preaching. I love verse 7. I may, I may just preach right here the rest of the day. Notice what it says. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. <laughs> common sense. Well, I, I would know how to do that if I were a skilled theologian. I would know how to do that if I were an auto mechanic. I would know how to do that if I were a banker. I would know how to do that if it... He grants a treasure of common sense. Now, I don't know everything that I need to know, but you know what I've decided about that? If I don't know it, I don't need it. If I don't know it, I don't need it. But the instant that I need it is the instant that he will get it to me 
so that I can have the wisdom that I need. Now, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy on the face of the earth, but I know that if I go out to my car and I put the key in and I turn it over and it goes click, 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 click. You know what? I don't start changing the tire. I don't look in the back and get the jack out and jack that thing up and say, I guess my tire is flat. I'm not that stupid. The scripture says that he will give us a treasure of common sense. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some of that. Common sense. Ordinary sense. Sense that makes sense. Lord, I don't have to have an angel talk to me every time that I need an answer. Sometimes I can just look at it and assess the situation and know by common sense that my battery is dead. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, there are things in our lives when we need a word from God. There are times in life when we need a deep word of understanding. There are times in our life that we need to go to the book and say, God, I need for you to show me exactly what's going on here. But there are other times that all I need to do is have some common sense. If if your wife, husbands, gets up and gets dressed and ready for church, and walks into the room and says to you, does this outfit make me look fat? <laughs> Do you really need to pray about that? Do you really need to seek God for the answer? No, no, you don't. You need some common sense. You need to say, I'm telling you, your hair looks better than it's ever looked before. Every hair is in place. Your makeup is spot on. Those shoes are amazing. Where did you get those pantyhose, baby? Because those match beautifully with that dress, that outfit that you are wearing. God will give you common sense when you need it. Men start wearing these beards that come all the way down to their belly button. And they come in and say to their wives, how do you like this? Do I look good? Women, you don't have to pray about it. Just say, well, you know, I understand that right now you need to express your manhood by growing something. So grow it. But one of these days, one of these days you're going to shave it off because you know whatever. Common sense. The scripture says wisdom will give us common sense. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. That's what God does. Come help me quit if you will, Sister Baker, if you will, please. Tells us what we need to do. Tells us what God will do. And then it tells us what wisdom will do once wisdom is in us. Verse 9. Read out loud with me if you will. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair. And you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart 
and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you and understanding will keep you safe. <laughs> Isn't that good? Verse 10 talks about a process of wisdom entering into us. Is that what it says? For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. How many, I'd like to see the hand of every individual in the room today that you are a know-it-all. You already know everything that you need to know. You don't need any more information. You've got everything that you need. Let me see your hands. <laughs> I need to pray for liars today and then this today. I'm just kidding. None of us know everything. So what he's talking about here is that over the course of a lifetime, wisdom enters into us. I have things that I know today that I didn't know when I was 10 years old. I know things today I didn't know when I was 20 years old and 25 years old. Why? Because I've made myself open and available to the wisdom of God. And as I live out my life, wisdom comes into me. And the process is such that what, what he's saying here is, is that once wisdom comes into you, it will never leave you in that area of your life. You'll always know. You'll always be equipped with that wisdom. Let me give you a good example of this. I know that you've heard the scripture that says that if you will train up a child in the way he should go when he is old, he'll sh he shall not depart from it. And we've taken that passage of Scripture out of context, and we say things like this. Well, I raised them the right way, so they're going to serve the Lord. They're going to be saved. And then they get older, and they don't serve the Lord. And they don't turn their life over to Christ. What's up with that? It's because we didn't understand that Scripture in the first place. Wisdom comes alive when we understand that when we raise up a child in the way he or she should go, when they are old, they will always be confronted with the wisdom of the Scripture so that they will never be able to make a decision in their lifetime without being confronted by this book. Now, they may make the wrong choice. But when they make the wrong choice, they will know immediately that the choice that I just made was contrary to the will of God for my life. They'll know it. I got to hurry. Verse 12, wisdom will save you from evil people. How does that work? When you see people that are contrary to your way of living, wisdom will say, go the other way. Wisdom will say, don't hang out with that individual. Wisdom will say, don't go to that website. Wisdom will say, don't, don't hang out in this place, in this location with that group of people. Because wisdom tells me, if I go there, I'm going to make choices that will not be good for my spirit. Wisdom will save you from evil people. And then look at verse 16. Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman and from the seductive words of the promiscuous woman. Read out loud with me, if you will. 
verse 17. She has abandoned her husband and ignores the covenant she made before God. Entering her house leads to death. It is the road to the grave. The man who visits her is doomed and he will never reach the path of life. You say, I'm safe there. I've never visited a prostitute ever in my life. I've never been down to the hooker house in my life, so I'm good. You misunderstand what he's talking about. He's not talking about you slipping out and having some illicit sexual relationship with some other individual. He is using an example. He is using this example to to make a point that they will understand that they will be able to have understanding of it in their mind. And if if I go to these places, if 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 I allow these thoughts in my mind, those thoughts, those actions will never take me to the path of life. And so the only thing that I can do is to stay away from those things. Listen, hear me this morning is your pastor and then I'm going to quit I promise I can't live your life for you I I can't only thing I can do is to the best of my ability share with you the words of life that come from this book but the Bible so clearly says to us that every man must work out his own salvation in fear and trembling of the Lord And it grieves me to see people making choices that I know will never lead them to the path of life. But it's going to lead them to the path of destruction. That's what Solomon is saying. He's saying your whole life is going to be filled with choices that only you can make. And you can choose to go to the house that will lead you away from the path of life or you can choose to walk the path of life with the Holy Spirit as your guide. Only you can do it. Some of you are where you are today because of choices that you've made. Let me tell you, God's not angry with you. I'm not angry with you. But I'm here to suggest to you today that you cannot continue down that path because it will only continue to lead you away from the path of life that leads to eternal life in Christ Jesus. At some point, you have to start making some different choices. And as you make those different choices, God will grant you wisdom. God will grant you wisdom. Let me make one more point. Verse 21. It says, And those with integrity will remain in it. The whole verse, for only the godly will live in the land and those with integrity will remain in it. Listen, if you have godly integrity, you're going to continue to walk in that integrity. Did you know that when you got born again, that you took on the nature of Jesus Christ? He's developing you. You're not going to be perfect from day one, but you're going to walk in wisdom. 
And as you walk in wisdom, you're going to develop integrity. And as you develop an area of integrity in your life, just like the individual who called and said, I'm a tither. I don't hold my tithe back. I pay my tithe. The Spirit of God said, oh really? Tithers tithe. And then tithers trust God to work the answer out. So what I'm saying is, is this individual has the integrity to say, I'm a tither, and because I'm a tither, I tithe. And, and what he's saying is, is that once you grasp that wisdom, whether it, whatever it is, whether it's tithing, whether it's forgiving, whether it's loving, whether it's being faithful, once you have that wisdom, it builds integrity in you. And once that integrity is established, you're going to walk in it. You're still going to come up against temptations and, and trials and difficulties, but you're going to say, no, I don't do that. I don't respond that way. There was a time when I, was a, I had a fuse that would go off just like that. But thank God the Lord has brought peace into me and he has brought a new spirit into me. I'm no longer the fuse individual. I'm the one who lives and walks in love by the spirit of God. Wisdom. Wisdom. How many of you have integrity? Can I see your hands? Walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. Let me pray for you today. Father, I'm so thankful that you are a God who grants wisdom when your people cry out for it. I believe in all of my heart today that there are men and women in this house today that they need wisdom. They need knowledge. They need understanding. There are men and women in this house right now under the sound of my voice that they do not have the knowledge that they need. Some of them have the knowledge, but they don't have the understanding. The light bulb has not come on for them. They've not experienced the aha moment that they need to experience. And because they're stuck right there, they can't get to the place of wisdom where they activate it through the Spirit of God because they're stuck. So Lord, at whatever place they find themselves today, they're either stuck with knowledge, they're stuck on understanding, or they're stuck on wisdom. Wherever they're stuck, Lord, I'm praying that you will set them free from that place and move them to the next level so that victory can be theirs. I ask you that in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen and amen. Now, listen, if you're here this morning and you're dealing with a situation in your life and you would honestly say, Pastor, I don't have a clue. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have what I need to deal with this situation. If that's you, will you just stand up right where you are? You don't have to come down front, just right where you are. Just say, God, I need knowledge. I need information about this. I need for you to give it to me. 
If that's you, where you stand, right where you are, just stand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, there are others that remain standing, if you will. There are others of you that you could say, I, I know what the problem is. I have the information. I'm not dumb. I'm not ignorant here. <clears throat> but I don't understand how it all fits. And I don't, I don't have the understanding that I need. And I need to cry out to you for that understanding. If that's you today and you need understanding, will you stand? Will you join these others who are standing this morning? Wherever you are, just stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, others of you, you have the knowledge. You've had the aha moment. You understand it. But now you're waiting for God to give you the anointing to do what needs to be done in the moment that it needs to be done. To say what needs to be said in the moment that it needs to be said. To stand up and resist in the moment when resisting is the appropriate thing to do. If that's you and you're waiting, you're saying, God, I've got the knowledge. I've got the understanding. I now need the wisdom. I need the anointing. Stand with us right where you are. Stand where you are. Now, let me explain something to you today, and then I'm, I, I'm going to move on. If God answers your prayer, and he will, when you cry out to him in just a moment for wisdom and understanding, and he will, because the scripture says, God grants wisdom. He's not going to say, well, I might, I might not. It just depends. I'm not in a very good mood this week. No, if you ask him for it, he's going to give you wisdom. Let me ask you this. Once he gives you the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom, will you fill yourself with faith and say, God, you've given me the, the information I need. You've given me the understanding of it and you've given me the plan of action that will make it work. God, I'm going into the battlefield now. I'm gonna do what needs to be done and I'm gonna trust you with the results. I'm not gonna force the issue. I'm not going to come up to people and say, now listen, God told me this about you and bless God, if you don't straighten your little sorry self up, God's going to take you out with a lightning bolt. No, that's not going to work for anybody. But if you will do what wisdom tells you to do, and let me tell you, God then will be responsible for making all the rest of it work. Just like the person that paid their tithe God brought the job. God brought the resource. God brought the individual that had everything that was needed to prove that God is God and he will do what he says he will do. Now I'm going to pray for those of you who are standing and those of you who are seated, if you'll just point your hand their direction with me and let's pray for them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ.
I approach you right now.